Section 18 of The Wisdom of the Ancients, a series of mythological fables. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Wisdom of the Ancients, a series of mythological fables by Francis Bacon. Section 18. Cupid, or an Adam. Explained of the Corpuscular Philosophy. The particulars related by the poets of Cupid, or love, do not properly agree to the same person, yet they differ only so far that if the confusion of persons be rejected, the correspondence may hold. They say that love was the most ancient of all the gods, and existed before everything else, except chaos, which is held coeval therewith. But for chaos the ancients never paid divine honors, nor gave the title of a god thereto. Love is represented absolutely without progenitor, excepting only that he is said to have proceeded from the egg of Knox, but that himself begot the gods and all things else on chaos his attributes are four that is one perpetual infancy two blindness three nakedness and four archery there was also another cupid or love the youngest son of the gods born of venus and upon him the attributes of the elder are transferred with some degree of correspondence explanation this fable points at and enters the cradle of nature. Love seems to be the appetite or incentive of the primitive matter, or, to speak more distinctly, the natural motion or moving principle of the original corpuscles or atoms, this being the most ancient and only power that made and wrought all things out of matter. It is absolutely without parent, that is, without cause, for causes are as parents to effects. But this power or efficacy could have no natural cause, for excepting God nothing was before it, and therefore it could have no efficient in nature. And as nothing is more inward with nature, it can neither be a genus nor a form, and therefore whatever it is, it must be somewhat positive, though inexpressible and if it were possible to conceive its modus and process, yet it could not be known from its cause, as being, next to God, the cause of causes, and itself without a cause. And perhaps we are not to hope that the modus of it should fall or be comprehended under human inquiry. Whence it is properly feigned to be the egg of Knox, or laid in the dark. The divine philosopher declares that God has made everything beautiful in its season, and has given over the world to our disputes and inquiries, but that man cannot find out the work which God has wrought from its beginning up to its end. Thus the summary or collective law of nature, or the principle of love, impressed by God upon the original particles of all things, 
so as to make them attack each other and come together by the repetition and multiplication whereof all the variety in the universe is produced can scarce possibly find full admittance into the thoughts of men though some faint notion may be had thereof the greek philosophy is subtle and busied in discovering the material principles of things but negligent and languid in discovering the principles of motion in which the energy and efficacy of every operation consists and here the greek philosophers seem perfectly blind and childish for the opinion of the peripatetics as to the stimulus of matter by privation is little more than words or rather sound than signification and they who refer it to god though they do well therein yet they do it by a start and not by proper degrees of assent for doubtless there is one summary or capital law in which nature meets subordinate to god that is the law mentioned in the passage above quoted from solomon or the work which god has wrought from its beginning to its end democritus who further considered this subject having first supposed an atom or corpuscle of some dimension or figure attributed thereto an appetite desire or first motion simply and another comparatively imagining that all things properly tended to the centre of the world those containing more matter falling faster to the centre and thereby removing and in the shock driving away such as held less but this is a slender conceit and regards too few particulars for neither the revolutions of the celestial bodies nor the contractions and expansions of things can be reduced to this principle and for the opinion of epicurus as to the declination and fortuitous agitation of atoms this only brings the matter back again to a trifle and wraps it up in ignorance and night cupid is elegantly drawn a perpetual child for compounds are larger things and have their periods of age but the first seeds or atoms of bodies are small and remain in a perpetual infant state he is again justly represented naked as all compounds may properly be said to be dressed and clothed or to assume a personage whence nothing remains truly naked but the original particles of things the blindness of cupid contains a deep allegory for this same cupid love or appetite of the world seems to have very little foresight but directs his steps and motions conformably to what he finds next him as blind men do when they feel out their way which renders the divine and overruling providence and foresight the more surprising as by a certain steady law it brings such a beautiful order and regularity of things out of what seems extremely casual void of design and as it were really blind the last attribute of cupid is archery that is a virtue or power operating at a distance for everything that operates at a distance may seem as it were to dart or shoot with arrows and whoever allows of atoms and vacuity necessarily supposes that the virtue of atoms 
operates at a distance for without this operation no motion could be excited on account of the vacuum interposing but all things would remain sluggish and unmoved as to the other cupid he is properly said to be the youngest son of the gods as his power could not take place before the formation of species or particular bodies the description given us of him transfers the allegory to morality though he still retains some resemblance with the ancient cupid for as venus universally excites the affection of association and the desire of procreation her son cupid applies the affection to individuals so that the general disposition proceeds from venus but the more close sympathy from cupid the former depends upon a near approximation of causes but the latter upon deeper more necessitating and uncontrollable principles as if they proceeded from the ancient cupid on whom all exquisite sympathies depend End of section 18